Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Real Estate Podcast, the intersection between the latest trends in real estate and its impact on our everyday lives. We're your hosts, Alex Norman. And Jamie Blonde, and you've come to the right location. The real estate starts now. In today's episode, Future of Parking, we explore the intersection between real estate and parking. Today's guest is Philip Willigman. Philip serves as Vice President of Strategy at Vontier, a sustainable infrastructure technology provider focused on mobility and transportation. He previously served as an Associate Principal with Monitor Deloitte, focused on strategy consulting, leading major market capture and growth opportunities internationally across Europe, the Americas and Asia, and serving as a trusted advisor to Deloitte's corporate leadership in Germany on both regional and global levels. Philip, welcome to the show. It's my pleasure to be here. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show, Philip. So, Philip, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, it's, um, I've been in the mobility space uh, for quite some time. Uh, actually, recently uh, looked back, my first job was with uh, Volkswagen Eurocar uh, over, over uh, 18 years ago. And uh, took me some while to go back to it when I was at Deloitte, but uh, for the last six years, um, I've very much been in the mobility space. I uh, work with major automotives, um, cities around the world. I helped set up Deloitte's future of mobility practice and then recently joined Vontier um, to yeah, get my hands a bit dirty and really create a company in this space. So looking forward to telling you more about it. Thanks, Philip. So tell us a little bit about mobility. It's a massive topic. Just help us unpack what mobility means and what got you so passionate about the topic. Well, that's a broad question. So, uh, I mean, first off, I think mobility is kind of like something which really should drive and bring society together. And uh, for me, it was always about, you know, how can we make sure that we create better ways for people as well as for goods to get to places faster, safer, more sustainable. And I think that was something which very early on in my career sparked my interest in the field and uh, trying to figure out what can we do what technologies do we need to put in place? How do we need to bring different players together to create better ways so we can, yeah, we can move more efficiently through cities uh, as well as through corridors uh, and, uh, yeah, just save some time and save the planet at the end of the day. Well, that, you're right. That is a big space. When I think of living in New York City, I, I took the subway, I walked, I took Ubers. Sometimes you had to take your car out of the garage to drive out of town. Um, it seems like there's a lot of distinct areas that don't seem to work that well together. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's a very kind of fragmented um, space, right? You have, like back in the days, right? You have like in the subway and uh, MTA in, in New York, they're kind of trying to optimize just their one, one channel, right? On the other hand side, you know, you have taxis. Now you have kind of ride sharing, car sharing, and everything is separate. I think like one of the big, big questions is like, how do you bring this together um, and create like really uh, integration across each of the modes and then also motivate people to get, take the different modes at the right time and make it flexible for them so that they can save time? You know, I see that when, it, when you think about modes of transportation, you've got, you know, you've got your personal vehicles in cities, maybe not so much. You may have taxis, you may have um, city bikes if you're in New York, uh, and then there's trains, and then there's walking that last mile or that last right. hundred meters, if you will. But 
knowing how long all of that takes is something that motivates you, right? So you get out of the house in the morning and you want to go to work at eight o'clock. You want to know the fastest way to get from point A to point B. And there's an urgency around that. Uh, what are the, some of the ways that people can think about? Um, I mean, or, or you tell me, is that something that people think about in terms of how to get to a destination faster? And that is the anxiety and urgency that the industry is moving on? Or is it, because you use the word efficient, what do you mean by that? Well, I mean, I think it's, it's really the question of how you look at it, right? I think on the one hand side, you have, you have cities. Uh, we're trying to make the places more livable. Uh, for everybody who's there. And that means, you know, how do you reduce congestion? How do you get cars out of the cities and make it easier to move around, provide better public service, make it easier to find parking, right? That's kind of the one side. And I think cities are trying to kind of like do a lot to create like more sustainable environments. Then the other hand side, I mean, we are here on the phone right now. Uh, we all want to get to places faster, more efficiently. We don't want to be stuck in traffic. You know, we don't want to look for parking spaces, you know, for like an hour when you come home late at night. So I think there is like these different different groups who are all trying to optimize something which is at the end of the day for the greater good. Well, that's how I think about it with the different players and obviously constraints uh, as cities that build over, over decades, over hundreds of years, uh, they have infrastructure, uh, they have to overcome and think about how do you make, make it easier to get around. Uh, and then on the other hand side, you have you know, the inhabitants, people like us, you know, we are incentivized. We, we kind of are used to how we get to certain places from A to B. Uh, it also takes some time to change our habits uh, and, uh, yeah, incentivize us maybe that we actually change our habits too. I think one of the points you're bringing up here is that we don't have enough different groups talking to each other to optimize the solution. It almost feels like every group whether it's the group of parking or the group of bicycles or the group of, uh, of, of subways, they're all trying to, trying to optimize and, and encompass technology into their solutions, but they're not really looking at it from the 30,000 foot view. I, when I think an example is, is parking is bike lanes, right? You have these bike lanes in New York City, and it's a great idea to get more people to bike. And the truth is, the way they set up the bike lanes, it pushes the parking cars out to the middle of the street. It reduces a whole lane out of the avenue. So now you have more congestion because you have less space for the cars. Uh, you know, I make the joke that it's usually the family of five from Amsterdam and the guy delivering your food that's in the park, that's in the bike lane. That's basically it in New York City. And what a cost we've had to endure for that. So it seems like there's a big problem in getting all the, the players to the table. Certainly, I think different players are talking to each other and there's more and more conversations uh, happening. Uh, but I think we don't have to underestimate how complex this environment is and this ecosystem. Uh, and um, like, it's not just, you know, that the city says, hey, we want to optimize, you know, you talked about bike lanes and that's why we move over uh, the parking space. Um, it, it's even to just make this one decision, they, they have like in the city, they have like, you know, different departments who come together, different organizations to do that. It's, it takes a lot to make these changes happen. And um, obviously it's easy that you may miss somebody in the, in the mix, right? To do kind of like really the modeling. What do you need to do to maybe get less, less vehicles into the city so that you can actually do these good, good developments for the inhabitants, uh, but also make sure that you don't have like a massive traffic jam next to it. So it, it's very complex. And I think that's something people really underestimate what it 
what it takes um, to make some of these advancements happen and how many people you do have to have at the table. You know, I want to get into that point about less vehicles, because I know in New York City, uh, when Bloomberg uh, was mayor, you know, he tried to create this congestion tax. And there's a lot of precedent for for um, that, how that works and how how it's working in other parts of the country and other parts of the world. Um, but before I go there, I want to just talk about something that Jamie had said about um, the visibility. Right. And you've got, um, you know, the evolution of map technology has really helped create a some visibility across the board on mobility solutions. And, you know, it's this notion of going from point A to point B to point C. And generally, when I you want to meet a friend, you say, hey, look, you look at your Google Maps, you in a car is going to take me 15 minutes to get to you. But it, that's not really 15 minutes. It's you getting into your car, it's you getting out of your car and walking to the restaurant and that extra that extra bookend of, of minutes is not factored into the mapping technology. So, right. you know, so the, the questions that really revolve around what maps should do and how the visibility, um, uh, what the visibility looks like really raise the questions of why, like, why do we need to know all this information? What's the purpose of it? I mean, uh, you know, you're in this business. Can you tell us like, what are the, what you find to be the motivations of people to, 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 to be more efficient in, in, in mobility? So I'm not a mapping expert, right? But I think, I think the point you're bringing up around, you know, the trip from A to B, right? If you, if you go to Google Maps and you say, I want to go from, from New York to, you know, Washington, D.C. to a specific address, but then you still have to, for example, look for parking, right? right, right. You, you actually never have an exact trip from A to B because once you arrive at B, then the search for parking starts between right. 15 to you know, like an hour, whatever it may take. You know, last time I was in DC, I literally drove around trying to find a parking spot for like over an hour. And I was like, my goodness, this is crazy. So I think in order for, for us to create more efficiency and to make it easier for all of us to find, for example, parking, you, you do need to have good maps and you may even need to have better maps, right? And people are talking about, or like not only talking about, but you have, there's groups out there, you know, creating digital twins of cities, um, and using this as a way to say, hey, I cannot only do a trip from A to B, and then you still have to figure out what is your real B, but they can help you say, hey, you know what, you're looking for parking space, and your B is going to be flexible and dynamic, and always evolves like based on the availability of parking around that area, either it's on street or off street, and that hopefully is going to reduce your search time or your time you, you have to get there maybe by 30 minutes and, and you can enjoy a glass of beer and wine or, or um, soda with your friends um, or go to your business meeting earlier. So I think that's kind of like why mapping technology and mapping is so important and getting the best maps in place to, to really understand the, the, the structure of the cities, create the digital trends and also um, embed the regulation, which is another complex piece because every city in the world has different regulation around moving around around parking and so on and so forth. But that's that's kind of a whole complex uh, piece right there. So really quick, can you explain to our listeners the difference between on-street and off-street parking? Well, as the word says, right? So um, on-street parking means, you know, the parking on the street next to the curb. Um, normally, are they in parallel or some some fashion? And, and uh, I'd say in most cities, um, you would go to like a, little machine, put in some dollars, or you have your, you can use your phone and uh, type in a 
phone number and that's a way you kind of like pay for it. And then um, off street is a, the parking garage on the one inside or even like the, you know, the parking area in front of a big retail store. Um, uh, or if you go to your campus, if you go to your universities, uh, wherever our list is coming from and you park in front of the university, that's typically considered off street. Parking is such a big problem in, in major cities. When I lived in Boston, there were no parking spaces at all in the back bay, one of the higher end neighborhoods. People were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars just for a spot behind their building in an alley that they could park in, that they would own. In New York City, people get up at seven in the morning and move the car from one side of the street to the other side of the street because parking's allowed on one side in the day and one side in the evening. Why can't we do a better job than, 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 than this mess we have right now? Well, I mean, it, it depends, obviously, if, like where, where you want to look, right? I mean, if it's Boston or, or New York, I think on the one inside, if you look at New York, um, there's still like a lot of off-street parking and parking garages, which do not have technology, right? I mean, you're kind of like used to drop your car, give the key to somebody who then parks it, right? So you don't really know if there is a parking space or not. You don't know if you arrive there, if there's still something, if you're going to busy Saturday. So I think one piece is technology and that, that there is breaks across. It's not it's not transparent, like what's really going on in, in, in the different uh, parking garages. And it's not, not even to think about the, the on-street parking uh, because um, there's only very limited technology in place in cities like New York and Boston, which is really tracking what's happening on the streets uh, at the moment. Uh, but I think it's 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 a very difficult task to change um, the, also the culture, uh, which has been existing for these several years. You know, um, it, it kind of like it always has been typically parking is like at the moment, right? At the moment affair, and it's kind of a direct cash exchange and changing this kind of culture and moving to new technologies using like, you know, iPhone apps and all that stuff. It's just, it's just not an easy thing um, to get everybody on it. That's, I think, another breaking point why it is so difficult to make it because people want to, if people want to use something, it has to be seamless. It has to be integrated. It has to be super easy. Uh, and as long as it's not, um, people just, you know, stay probably to the habits and just say, hey, you know what, it's it's 25 bucks and, you know, you either charge a credit card or most of the people even give it in cash still in New York. Yeah, I think one of the things in New York City is there are parking garages, but when you look at the price, you want to keep driving around to try to find a spot because the prices are $25, $30 an hour during the middle of the day, during the week, it's it's absolutely crazy. I do know there was an app in New York I was using for a little while when friends would visit and they drive down from Canada, that you could it would locate the garages near you and give you their prices. And I think the garages would probably advertise slightly lower prices for a certain period of time, like a weekend, and you could locate them. Um, it, is technology holding us back? And if, if technology is kind of there now, what, what else do we need? Is it, in, is it government? Is it, is it the grids infrastructure? Where, where are we, where, what are we missing to move forward in the ideas that you're talking about? Well, I think, I think, um, I think technology is, is, technology is probably there. Um, I think it's, it's a mix of, of uh, different areas. And I don't want to put myself out here that I have the answer. Uh, so I would also love to hear your thoughts. But I think on the one hand side, it's it's just like this this missing of having a seamless experience. You know, yes, you have this one app, uh, Jamie, or there's I think a bunch of apps in New York and other cities you can use uh, to make a reservation for a parking spot uh, in a garage. Um, but I recall sometimes you go there and then actually they don't have a spot. Then they send you somewhere else. So it creates like a hassle. 
Um, so I think one piece like you need to make sure that you have this transparency, you have to have a seamless integrated experience. Um, and uh, so people really trust, trust kind of the app. And then I think one piece is that in order to do this, now we talk a lot about you know, the, the off-street parking, you, you want to have the right information. You do have to have parking providers invest in, in technology, right? You, uh, in order uh, for you to find and know that there really is a parking spot, you at least have to have some type of sensors right now in the, in the, in the garage um, to measure like, how many parking spots are available. So once you have that information, you know, um, the app can really guide you and tell you, you know what, Jamie, there is there's a spot available and you go there. And uh, if they don't have that technology, which is not implemented in many places in the US, then it's very difficult. But if you look to Europe, where I'm right now, actually, you know, most of the uh, garages, they have guiding systems. They exactly tell you, you know, I have 100 spots available in the city center parking garage uh, or there's none and you have an error where to where to drive. So it's it's a bit more efficient. Uh, in that case, and that's something I think um, investments are needed, uh, and it takes like the parking providers as well as the cities to to get there. You know, you have more I, spots course, because your cars are smaller. No, it's not because <laughs> our cars are smaller. Come on, Jamie. You know, you so buy I, a lot of our European cars. Yeah. So look, I, I personally, uh, I hate parking. I think I think parking sucks. Horrible. Because, I mean, first of all, most people can't park. They just don't know how. Um, cars have this automatic technology to help people to park. It's like, it's like everyone knows that no one can park a car. So and it's a <laughs> difficult part of driving. I mean, even the driver's test, you know, the parking, the parallel parking is the hardest part of the test. So it's this complicated technique in this complicated vehicle that you barely ever use. As a matter of fact, you know, the most time I've used a vehicle is just to go to and from work. And now that we've got Uber, uh, now that we've got, you know, uh, cities are getting bigger, public transportation is getting better. The, uh, the only way I use my car is to go to work, if at all, right, because now I can be, be remote, and then go to the grocery store, which I may not need to do because I have Instacart and all that stuff. So commuting is a big part of my, um, uh, um, how I use my vehicle. But the biggest part of how I use my vehicle is keeping it in the garage. I mean, right. the, the car sits in the garage more than it's it's on the road. And so in a lot of ways, there's this, there's this misbal or imbalance of the of of a vehicle and its use and and it's and and the importance of parking so that being said uh there's probably more parking spaces than there needs to be right i think there was a there was an old um belief that every u.s citizen or every every human eventually needs a personal vehicle so i'm going to put as many parking spaces as there are people and you know you get a you get you buy an apartment. The apartment has a parking garage, and there's a space for you. And sometimes there's two spaces. So the questions are: I mean, I have tons of questions around this topic. Which is, do we actually need parking? Well, I mean, going to the U.S., I think first off, it's important to know parking is actually heavily regulated. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's if, if the regulation says you know everybody needs to have a parking spot, but for sure, if you build a new building or like a retail space, there's regulation on how much parking spaces you need to build. So first off, um, if I remember correctly, there are definitely, is definitely enough parking in the United States overall, uh, and there's too much parking space. Uh, obviously the parking space in the high density areas is not enough, 
or it just doesn't you know get enough information so people can find parking easier um i mean you talked about you know you're, you're using uber and lyft right i mean a lot of people um, who are familiar with you know the ride sharing car hailing space and really enjoy it they give up their car i mean i i don't have a car um and a lot of those people are very willing uh to actually pay more um to yeah to reduce you know finding parking spaces and they just you know just go drive out to go to events restaurants and uh, i think it was university of colorado in denver who actually did some research around that and uh, people are totally fine if there's no parking or they have other options they, they will not go back to their own vehicle so i mean alex you should just you know, sell your car and, and, and uh, oh, well done, other- done, done. That's already had, it's already <laughs> happened. <laughs> and I have not looked back, but in, and so it's funny because right. You think about parking spaces and you know, there's on ground parking spaces, underground parking space there's above ground parking, um, you know, sort of, sort of le- multi-level parking spaces. And there's a lot of real estate uh, being given towards a vehicle that is barely used. Right. And so I think that when it comes to, uh, you know, real estate executives thinking about the value and quality of space. How do you convert space into revenue? I mean, a parking space is probably the most inefficient use of space that I can think of. And plus the fact that if there is going to be a reduction of people using vehicles uh, and using Ubers, for example, uh, did we just invest and waste all this money building parking spaces for a future in which doesn't, you know, people don't need, people are not going to drive. And so I'd like to think that, you know, there's probably some use um, for parking uh, and and a lot of these companies didn't make mistakes, but, you know, when I see all these large structures, when I see all this land being used for parking, that's empty. I, I, in some ways it's hard to not be concerned. Well, I mean, I I think it depends a bit on like, where you're looking, right? If if we just take out, you know, not of the not of the big urban um, spaces in the U.S., right? I mean, I do think there's questions around regulation um, and to maybe reduce some of the parking space to create more livable cities, right? I mean, just make it a park, you know, put some put some plants there and make it actually look nice. It's that's actually one of the reasons why some of these cities and you know, like there's a lot of kind of like nice livable areas are missing because there's huge parking spaces. But if you go to cities, I mean, let's not forget. I mean, we, um, we we love to talk about autonomous vehicles. And we love to talk about all that um, future music. And um, specifically in my previous role when I was at Deloitte, I mean, yes, I've done scenario planning, futuristic work. And, and when I call that the future of mobility practice, companies and clients came to me and say, hey, when is it happening, right? It will take a lot of time, right? It's not something which is happening tomorrow. And so I think from a real estate perspective and from an investor perspective, it will still take a lot of time until these parking garages are going away. And um, there's plenty of time to think about what, how are you going to repurpose the space, right? And, um, or what other kind of like means and uses, use cases you have to actually um, think of in the, in the future, right? We talked about autom- like automatic parking, right? With some, something, you know, you, you stop your vehicle in front of a parking garage and then you say, hey, please, park it autonomously, right? In order to do that, which which will still take a few few years to get there, you will have to even invest more uh, into parking garages, right? It's kind of an automated valet service. So there's a lot of things to think through. Um, and I also think from a real estate space, it's it's a pretty good revenue stream. It's a pretty good kind of like business. Um, so 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be so buried as a real estate company right now, but there's a lot of lead time over the next couple of like five to ten years to then think through how do you have to change, right? How do you have to adapt your um, parking garage? It's much more interesting, I feel like, how can you reduce parking space to that point? Let me pause you in a second. When it comes to on-street, right? Uh, and is there a way to get, get rid of these vehicles to actually give more space uh, in, the, in, the, in the cities and repurpose some of the space uh, and maybe help kind of like monetize more along the curve? Because one thing you also shouldn't forget is, right? Parking is a major, major, major revenue stream for cities. Uh, and as you take parking away, uh, and uh, cities are going to have a problem, right? On top of that, you know, you have the move to EVs, which also, you know, the gas and gas tax is also a huge uh, income stream. So there's questions from a city and state perspective you have to have in mind um, how you have to transition this, how you have to navigate this transition. So it's uh, it takes a long time and it's not not easy. Yeah, you know, it's it, you know, you you bring up so many good points on that. You know, I think that a lot of times. It wouldn't. It would make sense for real estate companies to talk to automotive companies and talk about the future, right? Because I think that um, if I was building a building uh, and I was thinking about parking, I may want to think about uh, how would I eventually convert that parking into apartments or into retail down the road, um, uh, or how to how to create multi-purpose space that's parking today and maybe. Um, uh, in 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 house a gym or you know like. The CrossFit gym or or right. in-house farming or something along those lines where I can get some revenue and and possibly repurpose it because you know I think to, to I think what you're saying is that the future of parking is in question uh, and it, there are competing factors one is revenue from the city and a revenue from parking operators uh, and then there's the convenience and the the move of mobility where it's expanding and opening up and not just being about personal vehicles so I think it's it's an interesting interesting point that you make. Also, parking, if we, if we move like move the clock forward a little bit, right? If you think about alternative fuels, electrification, right? You you have to think about where do people charge their vehicles, right? So your point, Alex, about the multi-purpose, right? Or like this, um, how do you really manage the curb and make sure you have different use cases you can bring to the curb and to the um, on-street parking side? It's going to be really interesting and really critical. Uh, last mile delivery, right, uh, is another piece here. You can put into so i think it's it's then it really becomes a question when you talk about the future of parking how do you provide additional services and different use cases um on the curb uh, and not only think about just putting putting a car there but how do you think about other use cases which will help a city and create kind of like a more livable environment and make it easier for other people to move around and create some revenue hopefully uh there's a building oh, yeah. here in miami called 1111 lincoln road on the corner of lincoln and alton which has which is uh, kind of at the forefront of multi-use they've got retail at the basement in the on the main floor the old basements in florida retail on the main floor you've got three or four levels of parking garage then you have some free space that's used to either exhibit something or throw parties overlooking the city and then on the top the architect built his apartment and lives on the roof or at the time lived on the roof of the parking structure. So to, to follow on both of your points, maybe there is an opportunity to take those spaces, which are huge spaces across the country uh, and, and provide ways to make them not only uh, more affordable, but uh, more useful. Yeah. At the same time, Jamie, to your point, um, even make them more beautiful. 
right? I mean, to a certain extent, I mean, you have architects that come in and make these amazing spaces, um, uh, you know, that, that are parking. You have no idea that that, that space was a parking lot uh, until you see cars driving through it because it just looks so great. And then it's not an eyesore in the skyline anymore because it's, it, it feels and looks good and all that good stuff. So I completely get it. I think that's kind of like, you know, going back to the beginning of the conversation, that's where you really need to bring in like multiple players, multiple sides, right, to, to generate that. So, Philip, where do you see the evolution going over the next few years? What do you think we're going to see next uh, in terms of playing out in terms of technology of parking? Well, um, I think when we talk about on-street, off-street parking, right? Um, but if, let's, let's stick with, with on-street parking because it's even a more complex problem to solve. Um, I, I personally uh, am very, very intrigued by um, this concept of you know, dynamic usage of curbsides uh, and really finding ways on, uh, imagine, you know, and, and Jamie, you're in Miami. So if you, if you think about, you know, downtown Miami, Flega District, uh, with a whole new development happening of, of business buildings, uh, how can you use the curb, you know, during the day so people can park uh, their, their vehicle or other kind of like mobility uh, pieces like, you know, bikes and, and scooters. And then maybe in the evening, you can kind of like repurpose the curb and make it like a restaurant space or like an event space, right? And how do you do that in a dynamic way um, that, you know, all the different parties who are involved um, have a seamless experience? So that's something I'm, I'm very intrigued by and, 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 and focusing on at the moment. The technology is in place, you know, there's like, on the one hand side, you can use like, you know, camera or edge kind of like edge visual devices who can help kind of like navigate some of the, the space and the use cases on that, uh, as well as sensors. Um, but uh, that means you have to bring together the whole ecosystem. And that's something I'm, I'm looking into at the moment. It's very fascinating and uh, could generate a lot of revenue uh, for, for cities on the one hand side, as well as hopefully also for um, yes, yeah, some companies and retail and event and restaurant spaces uh, were participating in this type of uh, concept. So tell us, how, how does that work? So, so how do, what's the benefit of that, of that integration like, from a consumer uh, and, a, and a, a, a user? Well, I mean, if you, if you think about, you know, you go, you have a residential area where also you have office space, right? You would assume that, you know, during the day, uh, people will travel um, to the office, uh, will go to work, they are using kind of either their vehicles, like maybe some car sharing solutions or scooters or bikes. So you may want to have some type of like, it's called the mobility hubs, you know, where you can park um, the, the different devices uh, during the day. And it might be where there's typical, you know, parking space, but in the evening or at the later in the afternoon, people are moving around it's, and they are leaving. Then this space may not be used at the same same space, you know, same size, and uh, errors might be idle. And could could you then kind of like turn the space around and say, hey, now you can have a restaurant there, or it's going to be an event space. And similar to that, um, and you New York, in New York City, for example, right? I mean, if you think about how many vehicles from FedEx, USPS, and so on, of course, are parking in the second lane and get fined, right? How can you how can you generate like the last mile delivery piece? You know that you have specific spaces. For delivery, you can register, you can reserve when you have to make a delivery and use a curb in a dynamic way so that you, on the one hand side, they have to pay for it, but they don't have to get fines. And I don't know what the number is, but it's a pretty big number 
um, USPS and FedEx are getting fined every year uh, by New York because they're always parked in the second lane. So there's there's lots of creativity. Um, definitely, uh, it's they have, they have to bring the people together to create that, and uh, it requires you know all of us. Um, but um, they're huge, huge benefits, and uh, to to really kind of like improve how we move around, how goods are moving around, and also improve specifically kind of like the areas where people live and make it make it easier and nicer. Philip, on that point, I'm gen- I'm gonna wrap it up here. This is such a complex topic, and uh, you seem to have really good uh, grasp of what's going on and what we the opportunities are for the future. And uh, and hopefully some of the things you're talking about will come to bear. Nothing would make me happier than having more space to sit outside in a restaurant on a nice summer night and be able to have a bite to eat um, and not worry so much about where I'm parking my car if I even still have one. <laughs> so we want to thank you very much for your insight and for your time uh, uh, coming on the show. Thank you very much, Philip. It's a pleasure having you on the show and sharing your insight on the future of mobility. Thank you, guys. It was my pleasure. Hope we can... Uh meet in person soon. You've been listening to The Real Estate Podcast. Give us a quick review and rating on iTunes. Check out our website at therealestate.co and let us know if there are any new topics you'd like to hear us address. We love hearing your feedback. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.